the Team Performance Podcast with Spencer Horn and Christian Napier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Team Performance, Winning Ways for Uncertain Times. I'm Christian Napier, and I am joined, as always, by the illustrious Spencer Horn in a beautiful, bright purple shirt today. Spencer, how are you? I am, you know what? I'm excited because I get to wear this beautiful shirt and be with several of my friends, including you today. So very, very excited. How, How are you doing, Christian? I am doing well, thank you. It's a beautiful day here in Salt Lake City. The weather is absolutely perfect. And uh, if I wasn't doing this amazing podcast, I would be outside enjoying it. Yeah, you know, we, we, I'm excited about our topic today because people, the weather's nice, people are getting out, uh, businesses are starting to open. We're going to talk about that. Last week, I took my first flight since March. I, I flew to Dallas and the, the experience was fantastic. I mean, the airline, I, I flew on Delta. They, they took great care of us. They, they were only about two thirds full. So they leave that center aisle open. All the treats were, were sealed in a baggie and, and bottled water and, and hand sanitizer. People wore masks. I, I just thought it was great. I felt completely safe. Uh, we got back on, on Saturday. And then last night I went to a restaurant. We, we did fondue last night. I haven't been to melting pot forever, but we did that last night. So that was fun. Wow, flights of fondue. That's a, <laughs> that's quite a score there for the last week there, Spencer. You're up two to nothing on me. I what? I, I did enjoy some delicious home-cooked meals, though, I have to say. So I cannot complain. Wonderful. Well, let's let's jump into to our topic. You know, as I said, as businesses are starting to open, there are challenges that, that we need to consider. And we have two experts that are here to help us with with messaging, with help, uh, health planning, with all kinds of stuff. As businesses are looking to uh, to open their doors, to interact with the public, what do we have to do? You know, we've got we've talked in the past that there's two camps right now in in our country and probably in other places around the world. You know, do we do we stay safe and and keep quarantined, or do we open up because the economy is uh, it, is really struggling. I mean, right now we hit in May, I think 14.7% nationwide unemployment. It's gone down a little bit, but California just published today. I, I was uh, reading that last Thursday, they said their unemployment is at 25%. Now, Nevada, where uh, Dr. Madison is from, which we'll talk about, they got up to like 30% unemployment because of the hospitality industry was just decimated. Nobody was coming. So there are some regions that are really, really hurting. And, and so some businesses are desperate to reopen. But we get to do this carefully. We get to do this wisely. And so today we have Dr. Christina Madison, who is a doctor of, of uh, pharmacology, actually of infectious and communicable diseases. Doesn't that sound fun, Christian? It sounds both infectious and communicable. Yes, it sounds like great fun. But she is, uh, she, you know, she's great in, in, as a trusted healthcare and uh, provider and pharmacist. And, you know, she really works to help impact policy um, at, at the public health level and le- legislative level. And, and she's out right now. She is constantly in demand. She's talking to businesses. She's talking to government. Uh, she has a, an event right after this that, that she's got to go to. And she's the CEO and founder of Public Health Consulting, 
firm and the uh, public health pharmacist PPLC. And she just has the goods when it comes to understanding what we need to worry about. And so I'm excited to hear from her. And our other guest is a longtime friend and somebody that I uh, admire and respect tremendously. And that's Paige Candy, who is a really an expert in, in communication. She is a public relations expert. So when we talk about crisis management and, and how we communicate, not only with our employees, but our, uh, our customers and the media, and I, I want to ask her about that. She has for 20 years uh, worked in this field. And right now she's the, the president of Candy Communications and has worked with many businesses creating strategic and customized communication and crisis plans, which is why they're teaming up together so that they have the, the crisis management and also the really the understanding about how to, how to do things safely. And um, I have heard Paige speak many times and she's really good at what she does. And um, I go to her for, for information about public relations, and she's helped me tremendously. So, ladies, so good to have you both. Thank you. Thank so you so much for having here. us. <laughs> Thanks, Spencer and Christian. We really appreciate it. You guys are really helping to spread the word. I've, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, and you've been giving some really great information to people over this during this crisis. So it's, um, it's been good to hear all of your tips. Thank you, Paige. I, yeah, I appreciate that. So... Let's just start off, you know, as, as we prepare to open our businesses, you know, what, what's a crisis communication plan and why do we need it? It's funny because you were, you were talking about how places are starting to open and as the restrictions are lifted, I actually did a little traveling too and traveled over four different states. I was in California, Nevada, Utah, and Jackson Hole on a road trip and, you know, had all of my gear and my supply kit of decontamination so every time we went to the bathroom or the groceries or the gas station the grocery store we were cleaning everything at every stop and each time we stopped we noticed uh, a difference in people's attitudes about how much they were really paying attention to the restrictions how many people were wearing masks how many people were looking at us funny like we because we were wearing masks and it seemed like the more rural it got the more laid back it, it got and then you had a lot of businesses that were taking it very seriously and wearing the mask, but the people that were coming in and participating and, and patronizing the, those were, were not necessarily. So it's just, it's interesting because I feel like it definitely varies from state to state and even you know, city to city or, or town to town. So I, we, the reason that we're um, coming up, we are partnering on this, this communications plan, it's a public health communications plan, is because there's so many different things that you need to communicate to not only your customers to instill that that consumer confidence but also on your employee level so what are you doing employee relations wise that's going to make your employees feel that they are safe too everybody has different concerns um, about about this and some people are more anxious than others but in order to have a successful business in this new normal you need to make sure that you're communicating really well so um, that's the reason that, that we're um, helping different businesses to be able to do that the Team Performance Podcast. Yeah, and I would really echo that sentiment um, because right now there's this very tenuous and what I would call a fine line between lives and livelihood. And we don't want to get to the point where we're overwhelming our healthcare system, but people also need to be able to have meaningful work. And so that's really why we're, we're partnering because we think that this can be done safely 
um, in the guise of public health, but also making sure that that information is communicated well within the businesses, their patrons, and then that is potentially a selling point for them as a business, that they have done their due diligence and really gone above and beyond to not only help their employees, but to also make their customer base feel safe when they enter their premise. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's something they can really promote and say, hey, we're being responsible and, and you know, come support us. We'll take care of you and we're taking care of our employees. People want to do business with, with those types of customers is what I'm hearing you say, Dr. Madison. Absolutely. I know um, I was just at um, a, a local coffee shop um, here in Las Vegas and it's, it's very unique. And um, I was super excited when I heard that they were, they were taking um, reservations again after the shutdown. And I, I went there yesterday, was wearing my face covering, because um, obviously I'm, I'm very big supporter of keeping my respiratory droplets to myself. Um, and I think that others should as well, out of respect. And um, I went to join the party that I was meeting and the person at the door told me, um, can you please wait a moment? I need to take your temperature. And I thought that was really, you know, really wonderful. So they did temperature checks. Um, everything um, was being sanitized. Um, all of the tables were more than six feet apart. So now it's like every other table um, you can sit at. And then the other thing, too, that I thought was really interesting is because now Father's Day is this weekend, um, not to date the podcast, but um, they have a sign up that's got like a whole Father's Day brunch and it comes with a free face covering. And I thought that was really <laughs> great marketing on their, uh, on their regard. You know, that is great. I went, as I said, I went to uh, the melting pot last night. I hadn't been in a long time. And and so they, I think they did a great job. We had to call and make a reservation. There was nobody at the counter, uh, you know, that, there, I mean, there weren't a lot of people in the, in the uh, not the counter, but at the uh, waiting area. And we were spaced out in, in, the, in the restaurant. They, you know, everyone was wearing masks. They, they just did a great job, I think, of making us feel safe. The challenges, you know, Paige, you talked about there's some different attitudes and, you know, we're in Utah. You went through probably Idaho and, and Wyoming on your way to Jackson Hole. Um, you know, as a state here in Utah, we've had, we've been pretty blessed. I mean, we had a very low infection rate for a time. It was like two and a half percent Christian, I think. Now it's, it's doubled up to 5%. As we, we never completely locked down as a state, but now as things have really loosened up and we've opened up, uh, the infection rate has doubled. And I mean, we've gone from, you know, maybe a hundred people, fifty people a day now, two, three, five hundred people a day being infected, and so, you know, we're not through this. And and I have made it known on this podcast that I am an advocate for getting it going, but not at the expense of uh, of safety. So we get to dig into this a, a lot more. Um, so what? Why do we need to engage the media page? I mean, you, I, I see that we're going to talk about some of the plans that you have. You have different levels of plans for, for an organization to open up. But what, what is this action plan to engage the media? I think it's about, you know, creating that strategic plan for if you need to, if you have some kind of an emergency or you're getting something spread, something spreading within your company and it's becoming widespread and the media is going to jump on it. You need to be prepared in advance with what your messaging is and what you're handling and to know that you did have a plan. If you go back to, back to work and open up your business and you don't have all of your ducks in a row, you are opening yourself up. You're opening yourself up to legal issues, to, to you know, loss of profits and you know, reputation management as a whole. 
So in order to have everything in a row and then, then you may need to uh, outreach to the media. So whether they contact you because there's some sort of internal crisis happening or because you want to push out and say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing right. We're ready for our customers. We've been planning for this. And maybe it's, you know, maybe you're already back to work. But like you said, there's these other pitfalls that, that could be happening. Numbers could go up again. This is going to, this could be, you know, peaks and valleys. And so you want to be ready when you're in the valley and you're getting back to work. You want to be ready if there's another peak. And part of that might be pushing out to the media and saying, yes, we're open. Yes, we're prepared. Yes, we're ready. Or telling your side of the story. I think this is so important. And I'm sorry, Christian, I know you got a lot to say. I apologize. But I just, I, this was, this is so important to, to highlight because I, I lived it in the last two weeks. Yesterday, I went to church for the first time in three months. And we had a, a great plan. It was well done. We, we split it into two meetings. We only had 45 people the first time. And we did that on purpose. And we, and the second group was, was small as well. We had everybody seated. It, it, everyone was wearing face coverings. We were very careful. But we wanted to open the week before. And Saturday night, I get a call from one of the, the leaders. And he says, my son just tested positive for, for COVID. And he's like, you know, what do we do? And I said, cancel. We do not want to be a story going back to church that we're spreading right. in our congregation. No, no. could you imagine? I mean, and there's no. vision for sure. And there's been several instances um, where that has actually been the site of what we call a super spreader. And it was somebody who was in a church choir and they can trace back like almost 90% of cases to this one particular church service so you do not want to be that cautionary tale so again you don't want to be called a super spreader <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh nobody does <laughs> especially in infectious diseases <laughs> it's not a label you would want <laughs> the team performance podcast it's interesting you mentioned uh this communication plan to make sure that everybody knows that you're open and then you're have best practices and you're safe and people can feel safe. And uh, I think that's all great. Uh, but what happens if you do have a situation like Spencer said um, in the workplace where, where an employee tests positive, you know, we've seen a couple of ways to handle that when it becomes public, you know, one is to try to conceal it and another is to just be open about it. So from a communication standpoint and also from a medical standpoint, what's the, what's the way to go? Well, from a communication standpoint, I mean, honesty is the best policy, right? Because it could come back to, to bite you. So you want to be authentic, you want to be real, and you want to get ahead of it as much as possible. You want to tell the truth and what, what actually happened. And you also want to protect that individual's rights, right? So you're not going to be using their name or, or um, you know, communicating that piece of it. But, um, but yes, honesty is the best policy. But if you have your, your plan in place beforehand and it might have slipped through, um, in a different way, then you will have known that, that you did that the business did everything that it possibly could beforehand. Definitely want to get ahead of it. Yeah, and from the public health standpoint, it's really imperative to make sure that you do what's called contact tracing, um, especially um, even even if you are taking those, you know, precautions, like wearing the face covering, uh, you know, if you're in the same indoor space with someone for more than 15 minutes, then we consider you a contact. And depending on what type of space you're in and what type of 
arrangement, which we also talk about in our plan, spatial arrangement, which is very important, um, directionality even of your air conditioning and the airflow of your facility. Um, all of these things could potentially spread infectious droplets. And so having that plan in place and, and letting your employees know that um, if or when someone, either a patron or an employee does test positive, because here's the thing, once they leave your, your business, they could go to the grocery store, they could go to an outdoor event. There's many other places where they potentially could come in, in contact with the virus that may have nothing to do with your establishment. So letting them know in advance that you will notify them as soon as possible and having that very robust contact tracing mechanism in place to get those individuals identified, quarantined, or isolated, and then allowing for them to do telework from home, um, having those provisions in place so that your productivity doesn't decline if you do need to send people home um, because they don't want to um, have an instance where they potentially could spread the infectious to others. And what about cleaning the business itself, the cleaning the premises? I mean, I assume that if you got an employee or a patron that came in and, and tested positive that you would need to do some kind of kind of deep cleaning, does that require a lengthy shutdown or is it something that can be done relatively quickly? Yeah, so that's an excellent question. Um, from what we can ascertain um, of how long the virus lives on surfaces, um, there's a couple of different things that you can do. Um, so from the preventative standpoint, you can use HEPA filtration and ultraviolet light, which works very well at neutralizing the virus. But then when you're looking at different types of disinfecting, um, it's contact time with either porous or non-porous surfaces. So there's something called an electrostatic gun that can be utilized to enhance the contact time with those types of disinfectants that are EPA approved and known to kill the COVID-19 virus. And so just making those arrangements and, and knowing what um, services are available in your area, in addition to you know, cleaning down high touch surfaces, that'll really go a long way with um, keeping the workspace safe, um, as well as when you have patrons coming in as well. What about hydrogen peroxide? Could you use that with water and, and spray that and and you could leave it on the surface for a little bit and it's not something that's you know poisonous or anything like that does that work at all so great question and in the beginning of the um the the quarantine period and when we were first trying to figure out you know what worked best against the virus there were a lot of um uh healthcare professionals that were saying that that could be used kind of as a stopgap um because we were running out of the approved disinfecting products. So it, without having those um, handy, yes, you can use that um, in the absence of those EPA approved products. But if you can get one of those disinfectants, it would be preferred to use one that we know for sure kills the COVID-19 virus. So you've mentioned a few things that I think will help employees feel safer coming back. In addition to cleaning, you talked about, you know, just how you space the desks and, you know, if, if someone gets sick that, you know, they can work from home and, and you'll keep them, keep them safe. What else can you do to help your employees feel safe to come back to work? Because some of them may, may be hesitant. Well, I mean, there's a couple of different things. Obviously, employee wellness is in, and retention is very big. And I know that you know a lot about this with your own personal um, branding and leadership skills. Um, you know, Thank it, you. It, yes, um, uh, shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it is something that, um, especially right now, because there is this fear factor, so it's like fear of coming back to work and not knowing 
how things are going to be different. And change is always scary, but then also potentially fear of coming in contact with the virus, right? And so I think um, having those um, mental health resources available to your um, to your employees, as well as doing like regular wellness checks, talking to them about retention, you know, why we wanna retain them as talent, what things we're doing in order to make them feel safe. You know, those are things that we can really do to help maximize the staff that you currently have and potentially could be used for recruitment purposes in the future, right? So um, the big thing is letting them know exactly what you're going to do as far as your plan. So that's number one. So everybody should get a copy of the plan. Everybody should be trained the same. And then you should do um, periodic check-ins to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And then do those wellness checks and really making sure that everyone's mental health is being addressed because this is a scary time. Um, you know, we're in unprecedented circumstances We've never in modern history been in a standpoint where we've completely shut down entire economies like this. And so, you know, the unknown is, is what I think is a, is a big fear factor for most people. And so that transparency and that honesty being very upfront, which again goes back to that clear communication and having that available to your employees as well as to your patrons, that's really what's going to make the difference between um, you, you know, potentially just surviving versus thriving during this pandemic. Right. I just um, piggyback on that just a little bit. The communication piece is where people are going to feel the most comfortable knowing that, that the steps you're taking, even though you take those steps to do all of those, the cleaning or to be doing the, the, the distancing at the workplace, unless you're communicating those things to your employees, they're not going to know, right? And then you want to make sure that you know what your messages are and then update them regularly and make sure that you're sensitive to you know, how they're feeling and you're being proactive and that constant communication and updating is going to make employees feel a lot safer and that you have their well-being at heart. The Team Performance Podcast. So important, Paige, because it, it, you're right. You can't just assume that your employees know what you're doing. And what happens is in the absence of information, people make up their own story. And that story is not always in your favor. Right. And so you get to control that story and, and just let them know. I mean, it, you, what, what I'm hearing you say, Paige, is that there's also an internal public relations message. Mm -hmm. Right. So there, there's internal and external. So when you create your messaging, there's a way that you're going to be communicating to your employees internally on a regular place, basis, check-ins check with them, emails. And then there's also your external message is how you're communicating to your customers and your external your external audiences, whether it's digital marketing or digital outreach, um, as when they come into your establishment, and there's a good chance that they're going to overlap because when they're coming from an authentic place and it's the truth, then they're going to overlap. But they might just be a little bit different for how it pertains to each individual audience. Dr. Madison, I want to come back to something that you mentioned just a few moments ago, which is about the employees' mental health. Um, today, I saw that uh, the University of Chicago, which does an ongoing survey of people's happiness, um, that survey noted that uh, people's happiness is at the lowest level in, the, in 50 years. And um, perhaps just as important as keeping a place physically safe, we have to make sure that the place is actually emotionally safe for our employees as well. 
I would, I, I would definitely agree with that. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Christian. Um, part of this too is the fact that we are sort of, we're all grieving, right? Like to some extent, whether that is actually the death of a loved one during this time, which I've actually experienced. So my grandmother passed away um, and having to deal with that grieving process. Um, but then also the death of what you thought was going to be this fabulous year of 2020, right? So there were all these people who had these vision boards and um, all of this like expectation and, and all of these grand ideas that they were going to execute for this year. And a lot of those things aren't possible because of the limitations on travel or the limitations on, um, you know, job security. And so, you know, that, that joy, those little wins, those things that we, you know, we cling to, you know, what do we have to look forward to if you planned a vacation um, and now you can't go on it because of, you know, issues with, you know, flight travel or, or, you know, now you can't afford to take that vacation with your family because of loss of income or someone's been laid off or furloughed. Um, so, you know, that addressing the fact that we all have some semblance of grief um, is, I think, super important to making sure that people's mental health is being um, addressed and that it's being affirmed. And so even if the employer themselves is not at, you know, offering um, some type of benefit that's specific to mental health services. I think having a list of those resources available for those employees is extremely useful. Um, I know that there were a couple of um, apps that have come out and said that they were specifically going to offer mental health services for free for healthcare workers because we have seen some instances of um, death by suicide from individuals and what we call those deaths of despair because of the happiness factor going down. And so we really do need to make sure that it's being addressed in addition to making that employee feel like they're, um, they're, they are wanted and they are worthy and that we want them to be with us on this journey and that we want them with us to weather the storm in order to have the best success for um, the whole company, including them professionally as well. The Team Performance Podcast. You know, it's, I just spoke with a nonprofit in an LA page that um, helps victims of, of abuse. And it's a home where people can go for, for, for protection. And, and these uh, nonprofits are struggling because, you know, the, the usage is up and violence is, is up. So mental health is, is certainly an issue, as, as Christian pointed out, based on the study. But one of the things that I actually talked about, and, and you talk about grief, right? And in 1969, I believe it was Dr. Elizabeth, Swiss psychologist, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross developed what's called the grief cycle. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there are five steps to this grief cycle. And I think this is important for our, our listeners because people have lost people in their families, but even if they haven't, you know, people are, are fearful to get sick themselves. They have uh, been laid off. They've been furloughed. They have, you know, hours have been reduced or they're afraid to do that. And so there's, you know, the first phase is, you know, denial about what's happening. You know, we said, you know, this is, this is only going to be a, a short time or maybe we're excited because we get to work from home and watch Netflix or whatever. So, uh, but then there's this shock and, and fear. And then that leads to anger, which is the second phase where people are blaming, you know, we, we heard blaming of, of, you know, government and 
foreign countries and and other people and you know maybe even our employers and we may ask why me uh, some people of faith may even ask why is god allowing this to happen i mean all those kinds of things can come out in in and so part of our jobs as leaders is to be aware that, that that's normal. And then we get to the place where we're bargaining, like, man, if I just would have worked harder, if I just would have made myself available, if I would have worked with that crappy boss a little bit better, maybe I wouldn't have been laid off or I'll do it now so that they'll keep me or I'll work longer. I'll, I mean, people are working longer than they've ever worked before. I think people are afraid to say no. Plus there's a thing called Parkinson's law that says work expands to the, to the available time right? So we're no longer commuting. So guess what we're doing? We're not saving that time to be with our family. We're actually working more. And so that's causing stress and, and problems. And then you get to depression and people feel overwhelmed and hostile. And eventually we get to acceptance. And this is not just, hey, everything's going to be okay. It's that I'm going to be okay. And that's what we have to help. I think that's part of the message page is that, listen, we get it's tough. You, you got you to gotta give your team and and the people that work for you a little bit of space and grace because they're going through a lot. And I think that's part of the messaging. And I think you are, are helping them with that. Well, I think it's, yeah, it's not just that uh, it's the mental health piece that everybody's going through something different. So understanding that as they do come into the workplace, that not situation at home was the same. And like you're talking about here at home with a, an abuser or there's, you know, child abuse um, reporting is down. So there's a lot of different situations. Everybody's in a different one. People who have kids are in different situations that people who don't have kids or there's not, not a lot of net, lot, not a lot of Netflix going on in my house, but you know, but every so everybody's gonna be coming back with it in a different situation and um, being respectful of that and understanding and um, you know those that anxiety levels or those anxiety levels are going to be different. So it's Yes, it's really important to be able to communicate to, to your employees before they come back while they're back continuously as well as your external audiences. And those messages are also what you would communicate to media. Should you be doing any media interviews or reaching out? Um, though That would be something consistent as well that would, would carry through. Excellent. So I see that you have like multiple plans. It, you know, if you go to your website, you're going to have the chance to, to share people uh, where they can where they can find information on how to get a hold of you. But I see I see a plan A open for business, plan B peak protection, plan C riding the wave together. Would you would you describe a little bit about what's involved in in, in this plan and then just kind of round out your your services. I mean I, I feel like you've done a great job, but what are you helping I mean you, you guys have actually come together to create a service for companies. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we both, um, we've known each other for, for quite some time and we both respect each other's um, services and, and intellect and knowledge in, this, in both different areas and realized that we could do this better together from two different sides, from the communication side and the public health side and um, be able to help businesses. So we've created these different plans and yes, you, you named plant, there's one plan that creates a template for you. So it's a going back to business or um, increasing your business's communications and public health safety uh, with a template. And so you can kind of plug in depending on what your industry is, uh, your specifics in your industry, but it'll be a basics of a communications plan, um, a media plan, public health, uh, mental health space planning, um, different like liability concerns and even recommendations on what a, a supply kit or decontam decontamination kit could be. 
Um, whereas the, the, the next plan would be helping you through that and customizing that plan for you for your specific company or your specific industry. So it's a, a, we do more of the, the details for you, get to know your business a little bit better, and then help you to put that plan together so you can just take it and share it with your, with your organization. So I can keep focusing on the business of my business and not have to worry about all these details that I don't understand. Because right. I might say a message like, you know, you, you watch Netflix and create my bias, which <laughs> you're right, like I just did. Um, right. So you want to make sure you're, you're doing it right. Excellent. Right. And, there's, and then there's also some opportunities to um, help if there's additional support needed or if there's some, some peaks or rises in, in, the, um, in COVID, say, in the fall. And then also when a, when a vaccination um, comes out, the plan for how you would, would institute that in your business. Um, there's also a plan to work on it in, on a monthly basis together. So there's ongoing support. So no matter what happens, there's constantly updates coming out from CDC and the World Health Organization. And Chris, Dr. Madison takes, you know, is up to date on all of those and it gets them in real time. So to be able to share those to you on a regular basis and to, so that you have the most current information. The Team Performance Podcast. Doesn't that kind of scare you, Dr. Madison, when you see all that information? So, <laughs> well, that's a great question. Um, I've had to kind of compartmentalize it. It's really interesting because um, I've been doing media appearances for our local um, news outlets here in Las Vegas um, since January 30th was my very first media appearance when it was still called the novel coronavirus. And um, I would be called upon and asked to do, um, you know, to have comment on certain things that weren't uh, available to the public yet. And so it was, it was definitely a little bit scary because I, I knew before the shutdown happened that the shutdown was about to happen. So I had to tell my university, you know, and all of the leadership there, um, we, you know, the CDC just said that we shouldn't have more than 50 people. And I know we have more than 50 employees and this country is going to completely shut down in the next 24 to 48 hours. Like, and that's drastic to have to like tell someone, especially when you're thinking about how many students we had, people we had to tell that they couldn't come back to campus. Like, I mean, this disrupted so many lives and on so many different levels, right? And yeah. so it, it's, it's definitely been um, a very interesting opportunity. So I know that there are a lot of people who have lost income and have either lost their jobs, which in some cases means a loss of identity because they associate their work with their identity. Um, and I feel very grateful that I've been able to use my public health background, my you know over 13 years of experience and, and background in 13 and those 13 years, um, you know, working in a public health department, understanding you know how to contact trace and you know having. Uh, the knowledge base in tuberculosis infection and control, which is very similar to what we're doing right now with COVID-19. Um, it, it's been an amazing opportunity, but it's also an amazing responsibility because I have all of this information that is potentially detrimental to people if they find out about it and not in the right way, which again goes back to that communication piece. You want to um, inform, but not alarm. So great, great information. And we, I know we're, you guys, your time is very, very valuable, but I, I posted 
you know, based on this keynote that I gave today, I, I call it put on your mask and cape owning the new normal. And I have this kind of superhero image with a mask on and, and I posted that on social media and somebody on social media said, wearing a mask is bogus. It's, it's, you know, that that's fake news. It's, um, it's dangerous because you're breathing your own carbon dioxide. What do you say to that as a, you know, as healthcare experts, tell us what, what, what is the truth here? So great question. Um, and you know, the big thing that I would say to that is, you know, I, I want to protect you from, from me and I want you to protect me from you. Right. And the only way that we can do that is by having some type of a physical barrier. So there's a couple of different barriers methods that you can use, um, either physical distance, right. Which is that six feet apart. Um, and we've shown, um, with recent data, um, there was a recent, uh, study published in the Lancet describing this. Um, how much of a decline in transmission rates you get from just physical distance um, versus wearing a face covering or a face mask that has at least three level uh, three layers of protection, um, and then there's also um, eye protection as well. So I don't know if you've seen those like visors; um, those are very helpful as well. And the big thing here is keeping your respiratory droplets to yourself. So all of those things together really decreases the amount of transmission and will help us hopefully from not having this huge surge in the fall of um, more cases. So that's kind of what they've been talking about with the second wave, um, as well as co-infection with influenza in the fall as well, which is what we really want to avoid because of the potential of overwhelming our healthcare systems, our ICU capacity, and our ventilator capacity. So, so keeping, it is not a joke. You need to wear your face covering because I respect you and you need to respect me. So keeping your, your droplets to yourself, it's kind of a nice way of saying, say it, don't spray it. Exactly. <laughs> well played, Spencer, well played. You could not even imagine. When I was working in the tuberculosis clinic, we had a patient um, that was part of a, a church choir, and literally two-thirds of this choir tested positive. And you could not imagine how many of these respiratory droplets are just produced from loud talking, but then I'm you a get loud singing, and then you get singing in there. It's it's a thing, for yeah, sure. It is. Now, I I know there's more to to what services you're offering. As we wrap up, I mean, what what else? What other things are you providing for businesses? So the two things that um, I would like to highlight and is I think kind of unique because of the fact that I do have this public health background and um, have the analysis of some of the testing modalities is that if you do want to offer testing to your employees, I can myself and Paige as our co-service, um, we um, have developed um, a mechanism in order to help um, get you those resources so that you could get your employees tested um, and we can determine um, how frequent you would like to test your employees based on the type of work you're doing and whether or not you're um, servicing the public or not uh, as well as when a vaccine becomes available we can also help you to partner with either uh, a local health department or um, a pharmacy to um, get those services available to your employees to also make them feel more comfortable and more safe. So I know in the fall, 
Um, you know, we're very hopeful that we might have something available for COVID, but um, we do have something for influenza va uh, vaccine. And so that's going to be really important to decrease that potential risk for co-infection. And so scheduling an influenza clinic in-house in your facility is going to be imperative to um, the health and wellness of your employees. So that's something that we can help with as well. Well, it's been a fantastic uh, time for me to have you on. I'm glad that you guys came on and, and shared all of this information with us. And I'm even more thrilled to know that you're actually providing a service which businesses, organizations can really use. And one of the things that impresses me about what you said is it's taking a more holistic view uh, on this. So it's not like, oh, I got to talk to these people for the health thing and I got to talk to these people for the communications thing and everything it's like you just have everything kind of wrapped up in one package so i think that's uh that's fantastic so Paige and dr madison thank you so much for taking the time to join us today if people want to find out more about the work that you're doing or how you might be able to help them what's the best way for them to do that well right now they can go to candycommunications.com it's candy with two e's communications.com and then we have a public health plans um, our co-service is listed on there with all the different plans and options, and then they can contact us directly through that website. Absolutely. And my, um, you know, I, I post things regularly as far as updates regarding the virus. I, you know, you can just Google Dr. Christina Madison and you can see my media appearances. Um, I, and that is something also that we're offering as part of our plans is that if you do want um, me to speak on your business's behalf. That is an option that you do have as well from the media perspective. So that's also a benefit if they want to have that as an additional add-on. Fantastic. And Spencer, if people want to find out more about the work that you're doing to help leaders and organizations and teams improve their performance during these crazy times, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you? Email me at spencer at Altium Leadership. That's A-L-T-I-U-M leadership.com or go to our website at altiumleadership.com and you can, you can engage with chatting. And Christian, you know, with all the great work you do in, in, as analysis and support of major organizations to, uh, to really help them run effectively, how can they find you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on uh, my website, gp4.com. That's gpfour.com. Or you can email me at cnapier at gp4.com. So once again, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Madison and Paige uh, and Spencer. I really appreciated everything that you had to say. Listeners, please like and subscribe to our podcast.